0: Ladies and welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and 20th Century Geek is back. We've been on hiatus, and now new episodes are being produced, and we're back to start. And I'm being joined by co-host from Sister Podcast, Stories out of time and space,
1: Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? You okay? Ah, uh, it's my honour to be back on 20th Century Geek. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, well, I've been on hiatus. It's just it was you know a lot going on. We well, we've been busy because we've been doing yes a whole host of stories out of time and space covering uh, Black Mirror and a whole load of other films, and we've got other things going on. Um, We're obviously starting our uh, Akira Kurosawa project coming up soon. So, yeah, we've been busy. But, yeah, 20th Century Geek is back, and we're going to be starting talking about things. And really, what better way to start (laughs) back than to talk about a genre that is quite possibly... In the death throes of 2023, you know, Mm. um, you know, we're nothing if not on the on the pulse, really, with 20th Century Geek. If we (laughs) we're going to talk about superhero (laughs) films, Um, and I think, really, I think that you know, uh, there's been a couple of exceptions, but generally, it's been a little bit of a bad time for superhero films of late. Mm -hmm. Um, They have, you know, they haven't been the box office uh, blockbusters I think people were hoping for.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I think Flash is, you know, the best superhero movie ever made. Um, top
0: of your top ten, because that's what we're going to oh, do yeah. in the top ten. There it is. <laughs> there
1: it is. No, Miller I mean, it's, tr- it's, it's true. We're sort of, like, at this turning point where these are not bankable blockbusters anymore in the same way, mm. and, and, and really, there's a kind of writing on the wall. Like, the genre will probably continue, but, you know, especially for a few years, but it's not really the same, just kind of you know, throw some crap on the wall, it makes half a billion dollars. Yeah. Of, well, I
0: think we got to a point where, like, say the content is so dense that like, you know, and the options are so wide that yeah, it just doesn't work anymore. And that's not to say what's, what's interesting. I'd say is there are ones that are making money. The Spider-Man, you know, across the Spider-Verse, the Mars Morales Spider-Man films, both done really well, but they're really good. They're animated films. And I think they sort of appeal mm-hmm. to a different audience. Um, So you do get those kinds of films and you get like, I think Guardians of the Galaxy volume three, did well, but it's the end of a trilogy. It comes with a you know recognized mm-hmm. IP. That's like, yeah, all the new ones have really been have really been struggling, which is which is fascinating to see.
1: Um, well, and I think one of the problems is they're clogged with stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know, we'll, we'll talk about you know some stuff uh, from the classic era, but you know, going back to at least Batman Returns, there was a feeling that you know you. Sh- you shouldn't clog your movie with too many villains, right? Yeah. And but they continued in that mold with the next two Batman movies. And, you know, really occasionally you get like a uh uh a Spider-Man or something where there's one villain. Mm-hmm. But almost always today, there you know, it's not only that there are multiple villains, It's there are multiple villains and multiple Spider-Man and Iron yeah. Man's in there, and you know, so by the time it's so over chock full. You can't tell a single through line story anymore. And I think that's part of the problem with this current crop of stuff.
0: No, I agree. I think it's, yeah. Too chock a block, just too much stuff. And, 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 you know, I think it's all whiz bang, isn't it? So on your sort of initial viewing and this is what I find actually, and it was interesting going back to this list, because we are going to do our top 10. So, you know, this isn't greatest films of all time or that. So, you know, we're happy to be, for people to disagree and challenge on these lists but um
1: speak for yourself mine are objectively the best man
0: ever made
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're gonna go down in stone that's it etched in stone
1: that's it final
0: that's word. right yeah
1: you know uh, it, straight on a, a, a tablet i think is where we're gonna put these 10
0: commandments 10 <laughs> best superhero films that's it they're just, just up there iconically um, Same
1: importance, really.
0: Yeah. Well, no, what I found is, actually, going into this, um, considering some of these films, it, it, it actually made me reassess some of the films. Um, and so there were there were ones I would have gone, automatically gone, oh, no, it's that one. And the more hmm. I've thought about it as I've got older, I'm looking back and going, no, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I'd have probably said, oh, yeah, definitely that one. But now I'm going, like, well, no, actually, maybe this other version of that, or that other film, is actually... I go back to more often now and actually stayed with me longer. So there might be some interesting choices in in my top 10. Um, But two things I wanted to to throw in before we do it, because we're going to do some honorable honorable mentions as well for ones that, you know, probably didn't make it. But also I want to clarify what we consider to be a superhero film Um, for two reasons, Um, because we've got things like the MCU, the DCEU, which are very specific. You know, you've got your Superman, your Batman uh, you've got your Avengers mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, right? Very clear cut. Um, but I kind of struggle, even like we say Guardians of the Galaxy. I wouldn't say it was a superhero mm. film. It's like a sci-fi adventure film. But I did the top 10 list. I was looking at lots of top 10 lists and some of the bits today. And, like, Dread was in there, which I love. Mm. I love Dread. But I'm like, yeah, Dread's not really a superhero. That's, again, like a sci-fi action film. Robocop was in there. And, again, I'm like, no, Robocop's not a superhero, right?
1: I agree with you about both Red and Robocop. I think yeah. Guardians can could kind of get in there, but I would, you know,
0: yeah, it does because yeah. sits, and... sits within the Marvel universe. But right. yeah, those are the two. Not so. What? Where would be your lines? Or anything that you'd say? Oh, that is, and maybe that isn't, or anything like that. What would?
1: Where well, do you? I agree it with it you completely like about about Red and Robocop. I mean, I think that it doesn't have to originate in a comic, mm. um, but I think if it originates in a comic that is part of DC and Marvel. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would probably take out, say, Constantine. You know, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's really a superhero. No, I took um, him out of
0: the list and what, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Not that that was going to be in the top 10. No, but, but know, I discounted um, those kinds of films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, so I think if it's, if it's either DC or Marvel or, mm-hmm. you know, like an obvious superhero sort of universe kind of thing, um, or it's clearly somebody with superpowers. Right. Yes. Um I think you could make a better argument for say like uh Carrie belongs as a superhero than you could dread.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, you could say that Carrie is very similar to like say Brightburn, which mm-hmm. is that, you know, kid gets superpowers and does, you know, terrible things with them. So yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's um no different to say like, you know, Carrie would end up in the X Men, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and there's there's others. I thought like you know, as you say, ones that didn't originate in um, comics but would do. Like there's a film called Chronicle. Um, yeah. Which I say was a superhero film, but obviously, yeah, it's, it's a found footage one and that sort of thing. Uh, the the two I was going to throw in as a bit of a sort of a side ball, a curveball. Was what are your thoughts on Ninja Turtles as a mm. being within the superhero genre? um and I was going to actually Constantine was going to be the one I was going to sort of throw in cause I discounted him, but,
1: um, I would discount Constantine and I discount Ninja Turtles to me. Ninja yeah. Turtles aren't superheroes. I mean, they're, they're mutant turtles. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I don't know, it, but the thing is if the Ninja Turtles were in the DC or Marvel universe, I, like guardians, I'd probably be like, okay, close enough. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but but ninja turtles never felt to me like superheroes i mean mm. i know they kind of have a costume but and and they have a they have powers but their powers are training but I mean, for me it's really like batman and the batman family of sort of non-powered characters that is an issue but obviously we all think batman's a superhero right so therefore that all goes in yeah. but really you could make the case that batman is a lot closer to sort of james bond than you know, a, a real superhero. Mm. No,
0: yeah that that was sort of where I was actually going to go because if you said no, I was actually going to say like, well, what about Batman and Nightwing? Because <laughs> you're right, there is there there are those characters that even within the MCU, like you say, you know, they're superhero, truly superhero adjacent. Like Black Widow mm. isn't a superhero, mm-hmm. but she exists within the Marvel universe, or you know, so I say you have to say her film is a superhero film, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, she's like superhero adjacent. So,
1: um, so you would also you would also not classify the turtles as, as superheroes.
0: No, I. It was as I was going it through. It was wrong. It does. They're on a lot of lists. As you go down, just superhero films in general. You know, they're 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 there. But I'm a bit like, yeah, it doesn't feel. It feels a bit like a. And this was my sort of problem. Like it feels like a bit of a, a catch-all, where like I've put yeah. in superhero movies, and you've got things like. I'm just going through this one here, but the ones that I was confused, not confused by, but I thought was bizarre was like the Snake Eyes movies on there, the G.I. Joe movies are on here, Transformers. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. there's
1: no none of those are superhero.
0: No. So I'm a bit like, yeah. Hellboy, you know, technically, yeah. I suppose. Um so yeah, it was in it's, it's an interesting sort of like The
1: Shape of Water.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you, you why know, not? Yeah, it starts to I sort of—it's you know, kind of
1: a supervillain, but it—but it owes more to like the Universal monsters and like you know Creature of the Black Lagoon than it does superheroes, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, you start to get into those things, and you know,
1: um... as you're talking, I am desperately revising my list to take Secret of the Ooze out. <laughs>
0: Secret of the Ooze is not the worst of the Turtle <laughs> films. Let's be clear: <laughs> Turtles in Time, the third one.
1: Oh, was that?
0: Is even have you've never seen it? Did they put
1: did they put bebop and rocksteady in that one?
0: No, that's the second. Well, no, they they, are not called bebop bebop and rocksteady, but there is a snapping turtle and a a a wolf, like a timber wolf thing, that gets mutated in two, and then they go back. They go back to feudal Japan in um Mm. in three, and
1: um, lots of meditation sequences, and you know kurosawa esque yeah. shots of uh cherry blossoms in bloom.
0: Yeah, you are not yeah, it's it's closer to Seven Samurai than you'd you'd be you know, than you'd expect. Not hmm. in a good not always in a good way. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, it's an interesting one. Might, maybe one day we'll cover or cover off the Ninja Turtle, we'll do the Ninja Turtles retrospective, because that's a really bumpy ride, that is. No. Um no kidding. But let let's get into it, let's start looking then at our top tens we've got a couple of uh let's say um honorable mentions and i think my honorable mentions i think you mentioned before just to clarify some of these are films that i really like but i don't think mm. i can justify putting them in the top 10
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um you know or i i you know, i know they're really bad but i still love them and mm. uh, those sorts of things so i'll let you go first
1: Well, for me, um, it's sort of stuff that, yeah, got edged out for one reason or another. Um, I I would put uh, honorable mentions. I've got a few. I would put *Brightburn* and Chronicle both in there. Mm -hmm. I didn't include either of them. I think they're both good movies. I think Chronicle's better. But I think, you know, um, they're worth mentioning, but they're sort of deconstructive sort of things. I mean, you know, and, you know, Chronicle probably you know you could argue that should get in there somewhere um the first spider-man did it make the list Mm. um the suicide squad the james gunn one from recently got edged out i feel bad about that i mean i like it it's really good it's just it doesn't amount to an awful lot you know um i wanted to mention uh there's not a lot of marvel on my list which is not going to surprise absolutely nobody (laughs) um So I wanted to mention the first Iron Man, because I think the first half of it is great Mm. and it set the whole MCU off. The second half of it is awful, but you know, it is is actually the first half is like about as good as you can get for a superhero Mm. movie. Um, and then the Wolverine as you know, sort of my favorite of the Fox.
0: Okay, I was uh, I was curious if that was gonna make it in. I was okay, that's
1: interesting. Nothing of the Fox X-Men stuff is you know, like I respect it. I I respect it, I think it's underrated. But none of it really gets in, and the Wolverine is sort of the last one that I would take out.
0: Okay. We may have yeah. some. Well, I haven't got. Yeah, it doesn't make a great splash in mine. I mean, mm. um, yeah, but it is in my honorable mentions. I mean, to me, mm. the two that I really like, and I go back to. Well, there's three, I suppose. I go back to from so that, that. You know, that are in my honorable mentions would be X two. Um, X2, um mm. the you know. Um, I'd like um, I know that it has problems but I I really like that one it's an early edition I thought it was really good Um, Days of Future Past Mm -hmm. I thought it was a good one uh, and I think that's worth sort of noting. there's a lot of good stuff in that film Um, and I actually think the first Deadpool Mm -hmm. um, it's a cheeky sort of low budget you know doing something different and dared to be different and I sort of I, I respect it for what it did and it's a lot of fun but it's, you know, it's not really in the top 10, um, but I think of The Fox. I, I went back and watched First Class not long ago, mm. and everyone raves about that, and I was a bit like, I kind of felt bored. I was a bit yeah. like, eh, this is all right. It feels a not... little
1: by the numbers, you know? Like, it's yeah. perfectly adequate. It's, you know, it makes a few missteps here and there, but, you know, it just feels a little by the numbers. Yeah, it's carried by a
0: good cast. I mean, the cast aren't very yeah. good, but, like, it's really, I, I got kind of bored. Um, so, yeah, I'd agree with you on those. Um, the others within the MCU, um, I haven't really got, I, I thought about Iron Man. I haven't gone back and watched Iron Man in probably 10 years. Hmm. But one I do get back to quite a lot, but does, just, just, got, just got edged out, is the first Captain America movie. Because um, I love those sort of like pulpy... You know, I I'm a ai I'm actually a fan of those that nineties splurge of sort of like pulp hero films. And it sort of feels kind of adjacent to that rather than the full superhero thing. So Joe Johnson does a great job in that in Captain America First Avenger, but it you know, it there are better Marvel films outright. Um but it's definitely sort of to me it's an honorable mention.
1: And it uh, kind of goes off the rails. I think it's kind of yes, you know like Iron Man. Like the first half is great, and the second half you're like, "This is not made by the same people." Yes. You know. No, I agree. I, the first yeah. Avenger kind of like starts like amazing. You're like, "This has no right to be this good." Yeah. And every 15 minutes, it's like a ratchet click further <laughs> away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The finale is kind of dreadful. To be perfect in retrospect, you go back and watch it. I'm like, "Yeah, all right." There's some really good stuff in this, but the yeah the ending is. They're a bit like, oh yeah, crap! We've actually got to have Steve like plow his plane into ice in order to get to the next film. All right, we better do that then. Um. So yeah, so that's sort of my thing from the from the MCU. Um, but, well, there may be more. There may be more. Um, you mentioned obviously the Spider Man. We'll get to that. Um. That I mean, that's, that's on
1: your list. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. I, I was looking through, and I go through my list, but I was there. There are a couple that I know are there's two I want to mention that I know aren't good films.
1: Are uh, you talking Toxic Avenger?
0: No, actually, no, no, I, although yeah, that obviously is on this sort of like encompassing all superhero <laughs> films. No, yeah. um, they are in that realm though. Uh, the first one is The Shadow from mm. 1994 uh, with Alec Baldwin um this isn't on your list it isn't on my list no no it's not okay. in the top 10 um i kind of love that film um mm-hmm. it's it's a mess and um some of the you know it's got weird like humor moments in it that like, just don't work and, and but alec baldwin is brilliant like it, you watch him yeah. in that and you are like yeah how did you not get cast as like batman at some point you know you got passed over for val kilmer that's weird <laughs> um and the other one is a film that I know many people don't like, um, but I will happily watch. And I watch not frequently, frequently, but it's it's I need to watch it again soon. Um, is Spawn? Mm. Um, Michael J. White, John um, uh, Who else? Um, yeah, there's some some big names in that thing. Um, it's good. It's it. Oh, well, it's not good. It's terrible. But it's got some awful CGI in it. Um, But, um, yeah, it's one of those films I'm like, no, I I will defend that film because, you know, it is what it is. Um, But Mm -hmm. that was sort of edged out. Any terrible films that you would sort of
1: throw out there? There is one other film that got edged out that I need to mention in my honourable mentions, Mm. and it's going to shock you. Um, It is Superman 78. Oh. Which obviously i love okay mm. you know like i i have toys that look like the superman <laughs> the eight characters okay um having said that uh i think it it, it hasn't aged as well as we think it has um, oh, no, it was really that. it was really important for doing superman you know well and doing you know a sci-fi version of krypton you know and it was you know look it's a classic but I think that, you know, it, it hasn't edged as well as we like to think. And it's got a few bumpy moments in there that, hmm. I mean, it's it's hard to show somebody now. Um, so, yeah, that got sort of edged out to number 11. So, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Ish. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see.
0: I think there's going to be some interesting ones as we go through these that we're going to be like, you know, you're not going to be like, really? You're probably, mm. you're, I think your list might even be more. Actually, like classic than mine because I think there's a few Mm. of mine where I'm just like, no, I just really love that film, and I think it's ace and I think it's massively underrated. But
1: um... okay, so, so real quick, what do you think would be in the running for the worst superhero movie of all time? And and I have to say, Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance (laughs) have to be and like (laughs) truly, truly like astoundingly painful, yeah, to watch
0: those films those films are sort of <laughs> yeah you know, what's interesting with those films is the first one is bad verging on dull which is mm. a real crime um and so yeah i think the first one is is dreadful like there's a couple of moments of like crazy nick cage where i'm just like okay i'm down for this but like you know other than that and i loved the advertising for the second one spirits of vengeance where they were like no We've gone all out. This is crazy. This is the guys that make Frank. Like you know, this is going to be super cool. And then you get to it, and you, the trailer looks amazing. You know, and then you get to it, and you are like,
1: none of this makes
0: any sense.
1: <laughs> Which Mitt one is Cage the one is... with the like Ghost Rider from the past? That's like a, a some Elliot. That's his, or... the,
0: the, the first one. He has he rides a horse. That,
1: that's the okay. That's the first one. The first one. Yeah. And that climax <laughs> has him. Riding with that that guy, and they're keeping pace, even though he's on a one's on a horse and one's on a motorcycle. Wait, well, it's a fire they horse. Let's be clear, it's a fire horse. I, but yeah, I know okay. But they they keep pace through the desert, and then at the end of this long travel sequence, he, he, he just says, "I leave. I'm not yes. gonna." Yeah, <laughs> like, so why did they go together? It's like the most. It was one of the most incoherent things I've ever seen. In the I've, movie. I've never
0: understood that. I love. I'm so glad you've said that because it's it's sort of. They made that, and they were like, right, we've got um, Johnny Cash's Ghost Riders in the sky. Um, we've mm-hmm. got, like, a rock version of that. We're going to use it. And what we want is, yeah, we want this image. <laughs> and so, like, that's the 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 only reason we're doing this. And then, like, Sam Elliott gets to the end. He's like, well, I'm off now. That was fun. Um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. And the second one has him urinating fire um, and... Turning like, I like the fact you can turn any vehicle into like a hell vehicle, that's kind of cool, mm-hmm. and you can spit bullets and stuff, but it's it's sort of it's incoherent, like it's beyond yeah. incoherent, like it's it's awful.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, these were the days when when the, don't never forget, this is why we have an MCU. Yeah. It's because you could do things like Daredevil and fucking Fantastic Four and Ghost Rider and turn substantial profits. And that's what made companies say, "Sure, we'll loan you a billion dollars, Marvel, to make yeah. the crummy movies with B-list characters." So, yeah, you, uh, I, we I, have I, Ghost Rider to thank.
0: Yes, <laughs> there's two others that really I, I legitimately hate. Mm-hmm. The first one is the you said the Fantastic Four, but it's the Fan Four stick, the Fantastic Four, but they have got the four as the A in fantastic. Oh, the, the recent one, the. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think that's a perfectly good movie.
0: Oh, it kind of <laughs> grates on me. It's so bad. Like it just grates on me. Endlessly. I don't know. Not even the fact it's not like. That's fantastic the, four. Josh
1: Trank, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just
0: the fact that it's sort of like the films just. Goes all over the place. It's sort of, it, I find it grating. Uh, almost unwatchable. Mm. The other one is going to be an interesting one. Um, for a reason we'll come to, but is Blade Trinity, mm. um, mm-hmm. which is the third of the Blade films. It features, you know, Ryan Reynolds is in it. It's one of his sort of like, one of his sort of, you know, makey, made roles in the early 2000s or mid to 2000s. Jessica Biel in it. Like the cast is all fine, but what's hilarious is like the story's terrible. Um, it's got Dracula in it, or a Drake, as they call him, because he's got to be cool. Um, And uh, Wesley Snipes didn't want to make it was um contractually obliged and is routinely like you can see he's trying to blow takes that like they're just like (laughs) we'll just just use that one (laughs) and move on um but ryan reynolds like um wesley snipes like you know notoriously didn't like ryan reynolds and so ryan reynolds is trying to sort of Mm. fill the screen with his humor and all sort of stuff it's sort of so badly placed the story's awful um it's oh, it's so dreadful. It's got Triple H in as the wrestler, um, as is that one of the villains. It's just, yeah, it's dreadful. I even, I even, we did a on for comics in motion. They do a, a comics mm. on trial, and I was mm-hmm. prosecution for it, and I was just, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I despise that film. I really do. Um, so, yeah, that are there two, that I really sort of like that. Really, just like you know, great on me. I have to um,
1: confess, I, I have not seen any of the Blade
0: movies. Uh-huh. I, I, we'll get into them because I think you know one of them in particular sort of is, is a is a favorite of mine. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's it. I find that you know a lot of films. You and I have sort of come to this opinion that like, the majority of films are just like meh, you know, yeah, not overly awful, not overly great, meh, watchable or whatever. And I do find there's a lot of like superhero films like that.
1: Where like yeah. The great. No, there's a great, lot of but bad, like, bad yeah. superhero movies. There are a lot of movies that I don't know. I mean, as I get older, I mean, I remember like I thought Thor: The Dark World had set a new low. I Oof. mean, I can't imagine somebody going, you know. I mean, there are Marvel fans who put that as like, yes, another A plus for Marvel. You know, I mean, but I mean, but like seriously, yeah. like like I haven't seen the Quantum Mania, but like, no, you don't. Know, I think the first the first Ant Man was perfectly solid. Yeah uh you know middle of the road math, right yeah you know maybe better than math, you know but shouldn't be on anybody's best of list but that second one ant-man and the wasp i thought was like this is a this is like you were going for an f there was no way nobody involved in that wanted anything higher than an f um i mean just abysmal just like movies i'm talking about movie watching experiences that are so painful that Mm. my body still remembers the experience like i have trauma in my body from watching some of
0: these movies. <laughs> no you're right there there are films when sort of like i looking back and i thought of you know there are the, i think as i've got older maybe i've got grumpier but maybe i've just got mm-hmm. like because there are people that are just like well i watch it and i really enjoyed it and i loved it and i'm like cool good for you that's great but i can't i can't get on board like the venom films are another one where mm-hmm. i'm just like i haven't been able to get through the second one like i've tried and I started watching it. I haven't it been I able just,
1: to get through the first.
0: <laughs> oh, I got through the first. I'm not saying it's good, but I got through it. And then I was like, I'll really probably get around to watching the second one. And mm. yeah, I couldn't get through it. But there, there's, there's been this weird shift, as you say. I want to sort of just finish on this. We'll go on this point before we get into our top yeah. 10s. Because there's two other films I wanted to throw out that that baffle me as to how um, they got to where they are. Um The first one is, and they're both sort of within DC. The first one is Wonder Woman 84. Because the first Wonder Woman, I actually really like, you know, actually, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say where it is, but, you know, we'll talk about it. But Wonder Woman 84 is so, from the get-go, abysmally bad.
1: Yeah. Horrendously awful. Yes. Like, structurally, literally from the the intro sequence. Yeah. It's like, you know she's been around but she's been hiding herself except she's on camera constantly yeah. everybody has seen her i mean literally from the intro sequence that's supposed to be a rah cool intro sequence it makes no sense yeah uh, that it's that was really horrible
0: hor- that film left me sort of scratching my head where i was just like you know you're just like huh that's what you chose to make like mm-hmm. you now have introduced the invisible jet in a sign of way, but it makes no sense. You know, you've then got, you've brought back, uh, what's it, Trevor, uh, Steve Trevor, but you have his spirit in some, un, you know, somebody else's body and you're doing all that and that makes no sense. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, like no, there are bad choices after bad choices in that film and it's just really... And, and, and
1: then there's this magic fighting armour that, like, <laughs> appears and yeah. she wears it, like, and it's literally, like, I mean, if you thought all the crummy... Star Wars stuff, like you know, oh, okay, we're gonna sell another Luke figure because he wore this outfit for you know two seconds. If you yeah. thought that was bad, we 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 invented this armor that she wears for a scene, a transit scene, and then it just disappears. Like, yeah, I guess she took it off over the ocean. I don't know what happened. And then it's like, all and
0: that's and that is all so over confused. the and that was all over the posters and everything. So oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that that film mind boggling. It was one of those films where I remember watching it and just being like, "How the, like, how did this reach, mm. like, the end? Like, someone's gone. That's the version we're releasing."
1: Um, well, I think you know my problem is you know basically the the buzz on the first Wonder Woman was you know that Jenkins Patty Jenkins did anything she wanted except for the climax. And that the climax, you know, was the studio saying we want the superhero climax. Yeah. yeah so yeah. and that's the weakest part. Right. Yeah. So everybody loves that movie. And they're like, look, do whatever you want. Right. You're, you know, it's like James Gunn or Snyder. You know, Okay, mm-hmm. we, we're going to trust the director now. You know, we're going to fully trust Patty Jenkins. Do whatever you want. And she's like, right. We're going to set it in the 80s and it's going to be Freaky Friday. Mm. OK. You know, so far, so good. All right. Well, we want to include I mean. And it's just, you know, I think that's a case where they needed more editorial control.
0: Yes, 100%. I've got this thing. I have this analogy I always think about is, like, you know, 90s wrestling. Mm -hmm. And everyone says about, like, there's a guy, you know, Vince Russo was the guy behind the scenes. He was coming up the angles and the storylines. But then you, like, everyone, like, praises him. But then, like, no, no. But then you find out that, like, there were, like, four other people in the room. Yeah, you know, Vince McMahon and, and Jim Ross and these others going like that's good, that's not good. So they were like blocking the crap for the most part. Like some shit got out, but that's so when it, when everyone looks back and gives it me, you think, yeah, but he had strong editorial. Someone was stopping mm-hmm. some of that stuff coming out, and you think that's what needs to happen on some of these when they go like director, do what you want, kind of thing. Great, let the creatives, but at some point, someone needs to say that's that's not good. <laughs> That's not a yeah. good idea. Um, so yeah. Um the other one I always find this is exactly the same thing, is uh, and I wanted to throw it in because it's it's one of the worst films I've ever seen, is the spirit. Oh, and we've yeah, talked I... about this offline a few times. This is the the Frank Miller created, he obviously followed up um what's it called? Um Sin City. Sin City, thank you. He got yeah. the chance to do it. Use the same technology, the rotoscoping and the black and white and stuff. And he made the spirit, which is uh stuck like a you know, comic strip, literal comic strip, like the old sort of
1: Will Eisner. Li- will Eisner's the Spirit it, you know? yeah, yeah, very different style, right? Yeah, Turn- very different. Yeah.
0: And it's 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 one of those films again where you get to the film and you're just like, huh. <laughs>
1: that's now, that's okay, what you so meant. I, I like the spirit. I, oh okay. I, I will defend the spirit. Um, it's not a good move. Okay, you know, I'm not going to defend it as a good movie, but it is so over the top and it is, you know, you're right. It is like one of those like how did this get made sort of movies, but it is so over the top. It is so, you know, when it's got the the octopus in, you know, a different costume, every every scene he's in and he's a samurai and then he's Uh. none of it works, but it is beautiful to look at. It is weird. It is it is like watching a beautiful train wreck in slow motion. Um, but it, it definitely has ideas. It definitely is, you know, an insane movie mm-hmm. that I kind of give points for just being like so balls to the wall out of <laughs> control that you can see like that one. I can almost see, you know, getting the green light and getting made that way. Right. Yeah. We're just like, you know what? Screw it. You know, this is either going to be the biggest floor or it's going to be well we have the next Tarantino, you know, as like you <laughs> yeah. know Richard Rodriguez crossed with Tarantino crossed with you know somebody on acid, you know, <laughs> like yeah, this is you know, and I could see there's an alternate universe in which that movie just inexplicably did really well. Maybe it was changed ten percent and things landed differently, and it just took off, and it was like received like uh say. Uh, scott pilgrim versus the world or something mm. right where it's just like it's weird like scott pilgrim versus the world works better than you know for sure the spirit but it's got a lot of oddities that don't really make sense and you know but it it, it kind of got in under the wire it's like it's cutesy right so yeah. like if the spirit just kind of got taken a little differently there's another universe in which it's like frank Miller's the next you know uh indie darling it's his, it's his masterpiece. I
0: mean, it has a good cast. So It's Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson, Eva Mendes. Like, yeah, it's got some interesting people. In it. But yeah, that, that film always baffled me. That one of the first times I watched it. I think I've seen it twice, but the first time I watched it, you are mm-hmm. like, you're so sort of gobsmacked by what's going on that you're just like, oh, <laughs> wow, okay, cool. Right. Um, uh,
1: not not a superhero movie, but worth mentioning is, you know, earlier when we were talking about like The Shadow, it would be Dick Tracy. Uh I have so much love for Dick Tracy. And it gets criminally ignored, but not a superhero movie.
0: No, no, but I agree. There's a whole, that whole pulp era um, needs, you know, I think, uh, yeah, the Dick Tracy film. Um, I like this. There's something as a bit of knowledge. Um, Mm. Warren Beatty still owns the rights to Dick Tracy, Mm. Um, what he does, just to ensure he keeps the rights, is every couple of years he makes an independent film, releases it in two local cinemas, Nets where he lives, um, and then keeps them in a vault. <laughs> so no one's ever seen them, that's it. And it's made made sure that he's maintained the rights to Dick Tracy uh, since the 90s, when he first acquired them. So like, they're literally waiting for Warren Beatty to die so that they can get the rights to Dick Tracy <laughs> back. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's very protective of those uh, those rights. Right, let's get into it, though. Let's pull the, the pull the trigger on this um, and do our top ten. Top tens. 10 lists, yes. Yeah, this is going to be interesting because I think this is going to be quite varied. Um okay. go on, I shall let you... You're the guest. I shall let you go first. What is your number 10?
1: In the number 10 spot, we have uh, a movie to which I know you will not have an objection. Uh, which is Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Um, Uh, Now, now beloved by many others, perhaps more than, than me. I do think that it is overclogged. I do think that it, you know, sort of starts the bad trend of having too many, too many villains. Um, On the other hand, it is such a delightful bit of Burton-esque craziness. Uh, Some people will say it's better than the first. I don't agree. Um, but i will say this it still has the best catwalk and mm. consider what a shock it was you know in night like we've talked about like the happy meal incident right like what a shock it was to have danny DeVito is the penguin and you know michelle pfeiffer trusted snm yeah. <laughs> you know, like what a shock this was to the american system um
0: yeah, and Massive Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers, for the fact that they were like, "Yeah, we've got like a Happy Meal deal, and all these <laughs> other sort of like companies are coming in for sort of licensing deals." So, what's the film? <laughs> yeah, S Catwoman, Monster Penguin, and uh, Child Abduction.
1: Mommy, can I get the Cat of Nine Tails with the Happy Meal?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good film. I, I you know, it's gonna well. It's one of those that sort of like I think about often. Um, mm-hmm. You say, "Is it better than the first one?" And I, I um and are about this a lot um, because I think sort of the first one is obviously so iconic and that, mm-hmm. and obviously you've got Jackson. But we'll talk about. It, I think I think we're going to talk about. It. But this one, there's something. About it, I think this. I think this is. Uh, you say, "Is it better?" It's this thing of I watched Batman Returns like almost every Christmas. Like it's become like a weird sort of alternate Christmas film. But I would say I think Danny Elfman's score for Batman Returns is better than for Batman. I, I can I can just listen to that score um you know without anything. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful score. Um yeah. Um sticking with dark, so I'll go for my number 10 um and auteur directors adding their own spin to things. Mine's a bit of a left field one is Blade 2, which is directed by Guillermo del Toro um and um I, I i just don't know there's a there's something about this film that is sort of, of the blade trilogy is the best one the first one's got possibly the the best opening scene um but this is where like wesley snipes is like fully invested in the character guillermo del torre sort of like style is on screen um they're going for something it's got a great cast um it's, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a quite you know it's it's darker. It's got that sort of same weird aesthetic that he eventually ends up using for like Hellboy and and those kinds mm. of things. Um, mm. And so yeah, it's a really good enjoyable film for me. I think it's one of those films that sort of doesn't get enough attention. Has been sort of forgotten about because of everything <clears> that's come since. But it's one of the ones that you know everyone talks about. Blade as sort of setting the, the the template, but the success of Blade Two is really what people are like. Oh, we can do that with you know with X Men and that sort of thing. So I think um, yeah, for me, Blade Two is just up there as a uh, an underappreciated gem. But it's a it's just, you know it's not because it's because it's not as well. We're going to get into like your regular heroes. I think sort of you said about mm. costumes and other stuff. Like it's it's a bit different, but it definitely a superhero film.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a, and Guillermo del Toro is, is amazing. Mm. Um, so what's your number nine? You going to switch off? Uh,
0: yeah, let's switch it up. So my number nine, we've sort of touched on. Um, and I think about this one. Um, it's Wonder Woman. It is the Perry Jenkins Wonder Woman. Um, and again, I know that the end of it is, I recognize that the end of it is a little bit it's the thing is, you say it's you know oh, it's a standard superhero affair. We're going to come across that a lot, so I, was like, I, I can't discount it. I find that the ending, although it's overly played, kind of works. You know, you got the sacrifice of Steve Trevor, you have, um, you know, the fight of Ares and the sort of the reveal. It's all fine, but everything before that, I think, just works. There's such chemistry in this film between sort of Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, and some of the characters and you have the whole thing with world war one where they sort of like, it feels like, um, they've, you know, they've, they've not given in and just gone, you know, Oh, she's going to wear bright red and all this other stuff. Like, you know, she's, they're going to keep it gritty is probably too much of a too much, but like they've maintained an aesthetic that keeps it grounded. um, and so yeah i just think this is a really successful entry like if this is you know this is your first chance to do to do wonder mm. woman to do a real sort of solid female superhero this is a fantastic uh, entry
1: yeah i agree and it's for that reason why wonder woman is my number 9 too Hey! Um, you know so yeah i surprise. surprised um yeah i and i i would say I mean, I think nothing works about that, that climax. I mean, mm. yeah, you want Steve Trevor to die, but I mean, the whole Aries thing, I mean, none of that stuff works really. Uh, I think it's embarrassing. Having said that, you're right. Up until then, it's astounding how well things work. Um, Wonder Woman going over the top, mm. you know, in the trenches. Um, you know, it's a, it's a moving moment, mm. you know, and she's, and, and it's also not a cynical move. It's a no. movie where she says, you know, they're people, we have to save people, you know, um, that has that more even than, than the classic Batman and Superman films, has that sort of naive optimism, you know, um, that a lot of people look for in, in superhero stuff. Um, the other thing that I would point out about it is that, um, you know, of the movies that have galvanized um you know, people who have not been previously represented, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, let's be clear. Wonder Woman was the prime example of a female superhero, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, going back to the Golden Age. Um, Wonder Woman deserves that status. And it's so great that this was the movie that girls could, you know, look at and say, you know, wow, I can be a superhero too, you know? Um, in the middle of all of these uh, blockbuster superhero movies. Um, and when you compare it to, like, you know, um, Captain Marvel, you know, the, uh, the the Marvel stuff, which is just embarrassingly horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I mean, that's got a climax where, you know, she's using her powers in the most cliched, you know, sort of, like, perfect uh, ninja ways. And the song is literally, like... You go girl. Yeah. You know, like I mean, just horrible beyond belief and Wonder Woman, you know, I mean, there were so many girls who were so moved to see it, but Wonder Woman does that, but it manages to do that in a way that is a fantastic movie and doesn't, you know, shine a spotlight on it in that same garish kind of way. And when they go to London, you know, and, it makes all of its points about women being, you know, discounted, but it does it in a way that's graceful and well done from a cinematic point of view. Yeah. And, you know, and so I give it a lot of credit. It has like a subtleties and nuances for, that I think, others. You know, I think as you say
0: sort of like Captain Marvel is probably the, is the uh, Marvel equivalent. But again, I, you know, I think sort of there's an element of, um, <sighs> and uh, you know I'll, I'll tread carefully about this They think of the strong female character sort of like miss marvel or captain marvel is very much just sort of like you know i'm military and therefore i'm badass and it all feels very sort of like you know um if anything i even say like you know miss marvel could be just there's there's nothing to distinguish her from being a male character like they don't accentuate her as being oh yeah you are a female so you could easily but you could easily transplant that with a, a guy it would i don't think much in that story could change you know you could still play the same story Wonder Woman, as you say, sort of like introduces her into, you know, early 1900s society and highlights the misogyny and all those other things way more successfully. But then literally follows it up where you have a squad of soldiers sort of like watching her go over the top and they're inspired by her to be like, follow. Mm-hmm. And it's a, you say, it's a moving, successful scene. So yeah, it's, it's a much, much more um nuanced and successful version. And as you say, it it feels if you were given one opportunity to do that for a Wonder Woman, it feel, it just feels it's a success for that character. Um which is yeah so white's number one, uh, number number nine for me. Right then. Go on then. Hit me with your number eight.
1: Okay, number eight is a Marvel movie. Uh Ooh. one of only two Marvel movies on my entire list. Uh and it is Spider-Man 2. Um, Mm. I have a lot of respect for the Sam Raimi Mm. Spider-Man. And I would even defend the third one as, you know, having its moments and nowhere near as bad as people think and carrying through the whole Green Goblin thing. As I really went back and thought about them, though, it was two that stuck with me. And and I think the problem is that one's the Green Goblin is so terrible in one. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like looks terrible. I mean, william defoe i enjoy watching but yeah. I mean, the acting's off like i mean it's so arch and over the top it doesn't belong in the same movie um and you know so i mean i admire one a lot three is obviously a bit of a mess yeah it's got some real highs but it's really you know uh, you know too much a jumble of stuff and two is really the sweet spot um and and i think that you know more than any movies of this sort of period right where sort of bat the batman movies have died down and this is this sort of like marvel's coming into its own with blade and x-men mm-hmm. and spider-man and then there's that like second wave with the you know the genius ghost rider and you <laughs> know the the um, fantastic four movies and stuff like that and all of that leads into the mcu stuff it of that early wave it's really the Rami spider-man movies that that are amazing and managed to capture that movie magic. Right. And I think for the first time, even amid a glut of of um, what we didn't realize was the, the floodgates opening, but a glut of um, Marvel movies all of a sudden, it was the Raimi ones that had that movie magic that showed that you could really do a movie on par with the classic Superman and Batman movies. Um, so yeah, kudos to him.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and you know, two does appear on my list, but we'll get to that in a moment. But um, okay. <laughs> what I would say is, uh, I know I hundred percent great, and two is almost like one still has. It's like it's, uh, there's a transition of Ramy, like there's a maturing of of Sam Ramy, because I, I I I like all of. He's, he's one of those people that I've always watched his films. I've watched like The Quick and the Dead. I've watched Darkman and you can watch, you know, you watch those mm. films and, you, and was it was, um, um, they did the crime one as well. Um, which I forget, but, and the gift, he's doing those the films and you said, sort of, yeah, oh, cool. He's got, he's got, you know, I like his films, but you don't watch, you don't watch Darkman and go, that's the guy I want to be doing Spider-Man. Like, you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you know, I love even, Darkman, but oh, yeah. Darkman's,
0: it's an interesting film, but like it's an odd jump. Yeah. And I feel that that first Spider-Man film still has, um spatterings of that sort of dark man director in it. And mm-hmm. I think he went off and he did a couple of the things and sort of like you know he matured and he came back and he and Spider-Man 2 just has much more heart and um uh, what's it Melina, who plays Doc uh you know Doc Ock you know is is um mm, his performance really is great is really good yeah. and it and you know but you still get like he, you know, the rainy moments, like when he's, um, when Doc, o- Doc Ock is unconscious, but his arm, the, the, the arms come alive mm. and attack everyone in the, uh, the surgery in that thing. It, yeah. It just, it hits those moments, but still it has some really fantastic moments of, um, like, uh, pathos and nuance and stuff. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it, I think it's, it's, it works in the same way for me, at least at that point, the same way that Wonder Woman does. Where you go, like, right, this is the Spider-Man film. Like, it's going to have mm-hmm. the moments, like, this is the one where he stops the train, you know, and then yeah. sort of hold them all over and all this other stuff. Like, moments like that are just iconic.
1: Like, it's classic. Like, you yeah, know, that is a Spider-Man moment. And he's brilliantly cast as as Spider-Man. Mm. I mean, you know, I remember when that casting came out, and it was like yeah if anything that's a little on the nose like that is that is the exact guy yeah and you know i mean it's like we we hear the casting of like you know superman you know we just had a reason and it's always like why would you cast that guy like Mm hey i I hope it works right but like why would you why would you cast that guy this was one of those casting moments where it was like yeah if if wizard ran a poll that's the guy who should definitely be and to to this day nobody can beat him as spider-man I mean, you know, he's he's just the guy. Yeah. No, I, I think more,
0: you know, I I enjoy the Sony Marvel, Sony slash MCU mm-hmm. Spider-Man films. I think the trilogy is fine. They're overstuffed and there's a lot going on. But in that, in the, you know, in the latest one, like No Way Home, mm-hmm. you know, not to spoil anything, but I mean, the, the moment that those, you know, the cameos were revealed and you have... An older um, you know, Toby Maguire, Peter Parker coming in. Like, that was the cameo I was looking for. Like, and it works. Yeah. And you're just like, oh man, yeah, you were that's the Spider-Man I'm you know I'm looking for. So um, yeah, no, you're right. It works so well. It's a wonderful film. Um What's your and, number eight? Uh, very different and probably a little controversial from a superhero point of view. Um, but this film means a lot to me. It kicked off the glut of Pulp Hero kind of sort of things uh, during the 90s. Uh, it's The Rocketeer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good call. Um, I I love that film. Again, that's like, you know, great casting. The fact that they kept the film so much like... um, um
1: Skip Steven's comic.
0: Yeah. It, it yeah. looks like it. They kept all the bits and pieces. Um, it plays like a pulpy film. Like you've got Timothy Dalton playing a smarmy Clark Gable or Errol Flynn who turns out to be a Nazi. And you've got all these, other guys. It, it's got problems, but like the whole end that's on the, on the blimp and all the other stuff. Like, yes, yeah, I love that film. It's proper, like against Joe Johnson, like tapping into that Indiana Jones kind of era. Like he was, you know, everything he'd learned from Spielberg and stuff on the sets of, because he was second director on some of the Indiana Jones films, like applied to this. And um you got alan arkin you've got you know um uh what's the name from i can put the castro Man plays yeah they couldn't use betty page i love the fact that obviously they, they, mm, they were like mm-hmm. even D- disney were a bit like we can't use you know um <laughs> a, a, a sort of a fifty-sixty sort of like pin-up idol so we're gonna have to rename her um but, um yeah it, it's just such a such a great film um as you say, you know, that sort of less to do Dick Tracy and the and the, the shadow and the phantom and all that kind of stuff.
1: Well I remember seeing it at theaters. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of it at the time. Um and also really wanting to support comics movies, you know, yeah. at, at a time that, that really mattered. Um yeah, I, I the Rocketeer, you know, is one of those movies where I sort of like have a soft spot for it, but I don't know how good it is, you know? Um <laughs> fortunately it's, at some point we'll cover that on uh stories out of time and space mm. right because that's you know actually could be classified as sci-fi um so there's no reason not to cover that but yeah i mean every time i've seen it i've thought since then or I've seen parts of it on tv or whatever i have thought yeah i don't know how good this really is but uh, but i do have a soft spot for
0: I know what you mean. I, I, you know, it's one of those that sort of. I think there's a there's a nostalgia for it more than anything. It sort of, um, it was. It didn't. It sort of did okay, in the mm-hmm. early 90s, 1991 It came out, and it's one of those films I always wished had done better because I was always like, oh man, I want to, I want to see as a kid because I really want a sequel to that film. Um, it made me go off and read the comics like that was it like that's when I went and when I got into comics, I was like, oh, I saw the Rocketeer and I was like, that's awesome. So it was successful. but to me it's sort of like a it's an entry point film as well like it's a you can play it to the kids there's no worry about um you know it's it sort of you know upsetting or offend anyone it's it's a sort of it's very mm-hmm. safe, but it it works for me. it's a fun sort of Sunday afternoon adventure it's almost like a perfect example of that. Yeah, fair enough. What um, was your number seven. Number seven, okay, we've always talked about it, it's Spider Man 2. Yeah. Was mine was well, mine. number. Very seven. close. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for all the reasons you said, um, it just works. It's a standout film. Um, and uh yeah, rightfully up there. What about yourself?
1: Uh my number seven is uh having done Spider Man two is Superman Two. Um now recall Superman one is is on my honorable mentions. Mm. Uh Superman one has a sort of like classic three act structure, right. Where it's like Krypton, uh, Smallville metropolis. Right. And the metropolis one kind of like stretches and, you know, but Superman one has, you know, obviously the silliness with the nuclear missiles and, you know, kind of like it, it kind of falls apart in that metropolis section a little. Um, but Superman 2 is such a class. I mean, look, obviously everybody loves Zod, right? Th- mm-hmm. And this is the Zod. Forget that crummy, poorly acted mm-hmm. Zod from fucking Man of Steel. You know, or, or I'm wearing an armor, you know, like fuck you. Um, you know, this is the real Zod. He he just dressed in black. He doesn't, you know, yeah. he's a Superman. <laughs> he doesn't need to wear fucking armor. Just like Clark Kent doesn't need to, you know, look like he, you know, is a professional wrestler. Um, you know, and they here's what it does right i mean the first half is all the downward motion it's a two-act play the first half is all downward motion by the end of act two by the end of act one zod has taken over the united states (laughs) of freaking america it's in the white house like all you know like think about like the uh x-men movies right like the whole point of the x-men movies is magneto is a threat you know mutants are here to stay they're going to overthrow civilization at some point. And in X3, they're like, right, we've got to finally show that Magneto's going to move a bridge.
0: You know? Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. You know, Screw that, man. Like Superman 2 was like, no, we're going to show him taking over the United States, you know, back in, you know, back in 1982. And, so that's number one. And then at the end of that first act, Superman has given up his powers and he's hanging out with Lois Lane and he's bullied. And mm-hmm. it's clear that Lois doesn't love him anymore, that he's, you know, and that's that low point of like, he's watching TV as the world has been taken over. <laughs> by Cretonians, And the girl I gave it all up for, you know, is a shallow bitch. Really yeah. right. Yeah. That's kind of true. Um, and then it's all the comeback in the second half but what a what a great arc what a great satisfying depiction of um, the real threat of superpowers in this world i mean for all of man of steel's you know miracle man ripoff conclusion mm. you know superman 2 was doing a version of that in freaking 82 um of sh- really showing the consequences of this stuff um and doing it better in a lot of ways, so yeah, Superman 2 gets on there for my number seven question.
0: Then on that, because I, I I do like that film, I do, it's fun. And um, uh, what's it? Um, Terrence Stamp is mm. wonderful as Zod. I mean, you know, that whole kneel before Zod is just sort of you know, <laughs> uh, iconic. Um, and I love the costumes. What you know, what about your point? There? So, which version? Do you mm. think is superior? Then
1: I go with the original. So mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen the Donner cut. Um, you know, the problem with the Donner cut is it takes the ending from Superman one. Yes. So originally they were shot, you know, at the same time. Yeah. Um, and the idea was they were going to save money, and then they ran out of money, and so and they didn't really have an ending for Superman one. How you can do this? I mean, like, <laughs> it's so stupid. Imagine <laughs> we're going to shoot the first two movies. We don't have a script yet. Yeah, it's so stupid. But uh, so they basically took the endings to Superman one, Superman two, and used it as Superman one. So as a consequence, in order for the Donner cut to work, you have to you have to have Superman in the world, right? Because you have to imagine Superman one happened, but you also have to imagine Superman one didn't happen because we're going to reuse the ending. He doesn't so have to what...
0: accept it's a yeah. It's a sort of it, this is a a superman story like yeah you know he's mm-hmm. arrived he's done stuff and now we're here and, and move on so i know what you mean um the donna yeah is, is unfortunate Um uh, it's a nice example because you get sort of you know of alternates but i agree that I the theatrical version is a much more satisfying
1: film there's some stuff with lois with the with the niagara falls mm. you know honeymoon stuff that works really well and that mm. you know i think it's really cool it, it happens differently that stuff is more interesting to me than the than the climax of uh you know the Donner cut. But no, I'm I'm an originalist. I you yeah. Know. No, it's interesting. Uh so oh,
0: what,
1: yeah, um, what's your number seven? Or well, you just did number seven. Or, or yeah, number six. Number six. Um Okay, that's well that's it's your to turn. Me, right?
0: Yeah, so you go for it once. What's your number six?
1: Okay, so this is gonna surprise you. Um this is uh The Joker twenty nineteen. Oh, uh, Ah. Joaquin, the
0: wacky and Phoenix one, okay. Uh
1: I now I know it's seen as an incel movie. Uh put that aside, right? I mean, that's a little like blaming Dark Knight for the th- Aurora mm. theater shooting, right? I mean, put that aside. This is a spectacularly well acted, you know, well choreographed, well directed, well written. Um, you know, the music, you know, is top-notch and was incorporated into the filming in a way that You know, had never really been done before Um, I mean this is a masterpiece of a movie from start to finish Um, okay you know is it uh, in some ways it's not a superhero movie right because not only is it the Joker but it's obviously trying to do um, Taxi Driver yeah exactly you know and um, but I mean it's a better movie than Taxi Driver frankly Um, yeah I'm not going to argue with that to be honest yeah and, and i'm a huge scorsese fan but this takes all of these synthesizes all of this other stuff from scorsese and i think it's through light is kind of the disaffected guy you know like taxi driver except it's got it's it's got you know despite the incel you know fan club it's got social messages of you know um what happens when somebody goes off their meds because their government cuts You know, I mean, this is also a story about cutting social services and letting people fall through the wayside and creating a cruel society that grinds people down, you know, and unexpected consequences of doing so. It's a little falling down. I I get why, you know, the white, the white uh, angry people like it. But, you know, if this had came out five years earlier, nobody would have pointed any of that out. No. Agreed. Um, so I think I think it is a masterpiece. Um and you know it deserves to be on the list.
0: It's an interesting film. I agree. Um I think Joaquin Phoenix is just a fa- fabulous actor. I think he's just one of those that sort of um is always interesting to watch. Even when it's sort of like he does films I'm, I'm I'm like yeah I'm not really into the film but I'm always interested in what he's doing. Like I think he's just a fantastic actor. Um and he is fantastic in this. The fact that it's so close to Taxi Driver sort of is a bit like, yeah, okay, I get what you're doing. I I agree. I actually think this is better than Taxi Driver. Sort of, I think we're both going to get hate mail on that one. But, um, it's one of those weird ones where I'm like, you know, I don't know. You and I have had this conversation before about where does this sit in like, you know, it, it, I know this isn't Canon and obviously going for the game for that late seventies, early eighties vibe. You have a young Bruce Wayne in it. And, you know, really the villain is sort of like Thomas Wayne and all this other stuff. And there was all these discussions of like, well, is this sort of like the original Joker that inspires like the ne- the, the Batman Joker and all this other stuff, you know? Like, well, no, it's not that Like, it's not that this is just a, this is almost like a, a an else world. If you want to take the comic version, this is the else world kind of thing. Um, and so I, I understand that. It it works. I think as it gets to the end, there's the whole sort of thing where, you know, his delusions and who's been telling him, you know, he has his delusions that uh, the the I think them the character, but played by Zazzy Beats, the neighbor has been you know, all of a sudden you realise that she wasn't mm. there, kind of stuff is a little I find I find it a little hokey. Um but I, I agree what you're saying, So I mean, it sort of works, but um I, 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 yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't reach my top ten, but mm-hmm. however, um, fair enough. I am going to count you with one that I think you will probably feel the same about. Um, and I have to think about this because it, it, I altered between this and the previous film. so I chose Logan, mm-hmm. um, the third of the Wolverine films, um, and um the reason for this i is, is is i like the wolverine uh, you know you and i again have talked about this i think again it's a film where parts of that the wolverine are ace like absolutely excellent like it's wolverine at its peak you, you but you have all this sort of story it's got all the japanese stuff some of the action is fantastic um and it kind of just degenerates into the same thing as as wonder woman does at the end where you're like oh you've got the silver samurai and it's gonna do all this and it's okay it's it's you know, blah 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 blah, but a lot of stuff before that is really good. You know, you get the whole stuff in sort of with the nuclear bomb drop in and all those kinds of things is absolutely fantastic. But one of the things I love is um, I love Unforgiven the um, the Clint Eastwood film.
1: Clint Eastwood,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the reason I like Logan is that, you know one of the things we've said before is like letting that story play out. Like you know one of the things about superheroes in particular is they're sort of caught in the second act all the time they're always going to be certain age they're always going to be on the adventures um so to have a film sort of set in that sort of timeline where it is like now this is the end like this is like things have sort of gone to shit and everything's at their lowest and this is how it turns out um and I, I just love the fact it's grimy and it feels like you know this is Hugh Jackman I think it's a great performance I think it sort of feels like you know he obviously cares about the character um, but just having this thing of like, yeah, he's, you know, we've, we've seen him at his best. Like this is him when like actually he's now suffering from adamantium poisoning. He's got all this stuff going on and he's going to have to deal with this stuff, but keep his humanity, you know, as he meets people on the road. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I think it's a fabulous film. beautifully shot. I think that, you know, the cast are great. Um, the, the young girl who plays sort of Laura is really good. This is one, This is like her first film. Um, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart coming back, sort of like again for that guy who's just got so many roles he can just play until he's dead. Um, uh, is great. So I, I just it just works for me, and it sort of it, it has those emotional beats. I think um, I was looking for a sort of like you know for for a trilogy that starts with X Men Origins Wolverine, <laughs> <laughs> but to end with Walt- with Logan that's kind of a success and I think, you know, in itself. So yeah. So Logan is my number six.
1: No, I respect, I respect that. And I, and I think that Logan doesn't really work for me. Mm. Um, I want it to work for me, but I just feel sort of, it just doesn't click. And it, it, it leaves me sort of not feeling nonplussed and sort of feeling like I see what that scene was doing. It was decent version of that, but Mm. you know, I'm not moved by it. Um, it feels just kind of like, well, this could happen, you know? I mean, I like the mentorship between him and the girl, um, but I think in most ways it doesn't feel like really a swan, swan song to me. You know, it feels like, well, this is just one more adventure, you know? Mm. That's my opinion. For, for me, why I like Wolverine better is because it's a meditation on death. I love Mm -hmm. all the Japanese stuff. I love, you know, the long shots that, you know, that, that go on, you know, that are, that are puzzling to a modern audience. I I love the, the distant shots, you know, that aren't focused on characters. There's a lot of just kind of artsy, you know, aesthetic stuff in there that, whereas Logan, and I'm an aesthetic guy, you know, I'm very moved by that stuff. I, I'm so, I, I cry in modern art sections of museums, okay?
0: You
1: know, yeah. like, I'm, I'm the weirdo standing there just holding my head, you know, crying at the the canvas that's all blue, you know? Um, yeah, and I'm the one sitting next to you going, like, yeah, going, like, I've got a blue wall Yeah,
0: I've got a blue wall at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm the I'm the aesthete, right? So, like, I, I love that kind of stuff and for me, Logan is kind of like, it doesn't give me there's no aesthetic to Logan except mm. kind of bleached out, you know, sort of thing.
0: See, to me, this thing, yes, I agree. Cause I think this is where you and I do, different you, you have that sort of, um, obviously going to be, we're going to be doing the Kurosawa, uh, mm. project we're working on. So there is that. So I think the Wolverine and they're both the same director. It's worth noting as well, mm-hmm. just to sort of highlight, like, you know, it's, uh, um, James Mangold, who, you know, who's done some pretty good stuff, um, did both the Wolverine and Logan. Right. Um. But what what I find interesting is for me, like you talk about that there's Japanese aesthetics to holding the shots. So I think Logan is more. It's looking at more like John Ford. Um. Even like I'd, I'd even say Clint Eastwood directing. Uh, you know those sort of like Western directors, sort of like you know. It's, it's I mean it it, it. it. endlessly, sort of tries to ape Shane. Um. Mm, you know mm-hmm. which is okay. I've watched a couple of times. Is fine, but, like, you know, gets held up as, like, the last true Western. Um, But, it, but I, I feel that that there, that sort of, it's there, it's that sort of, like, you know, this is a, a cowboy film. It's trying to get that sort of, it's trying to be unforgiven, you know, that sort of thing, or Pale Rider, or um, mm. those kind of films. So it's got more of a sort of a, a classic American look, I think. Um, But I I do enjoy that, so I like the aesthetics in that. Okay, guys, I'm going to jump in right there. That's a bit of a stop point for us. We're down to our top five. So when we come back for part two in the next episode, Julian and I will be covering our top five personal uh, favourite superhero movies. How controversial will they be? I'll come back and find out. But in the meantime... Tell us what you think. Have we been off the rails? Are we right on track? What do you think of our choices so far? Or even our comments about films that we think are uh, honourable mentions, or some of the worst ones. Um, Let us know. Get in contact. Find us on X and all other uh, social media platforms under at 20th Century Geek. Leave a review. We're back. Come say hello. I'm very excited to be back. Uh, And also, check out our Patreon. The amount of stuff we are doing on the Patreon now is phenomenal. All kinds of stuff. There is uh, us trekking through the Twilight Zone. We're talking about all the Twilight Zone episodes of the original series, the Rod Serling episodes. Um, We're still doing 30-minute thoughts. uh, But also, we're now producing bonus material for... Um, stories out of time and space. So for every film that we do over there we're sort of doing a bit of a side thing as well additional sort of supplementary material for example we did Blade Runner 2049 so we did the sort of the uh, the animated and shorts that came with that and we discussed those. So we've done all kinds of things like that go check it out. But for the meantime thank you very much for listening I greatly appreciate you all and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>